0: what's good and welcome to kind of funny games daily for monday july 12th 2021 i am your host Jan garcia aka game honestist and joining me is tim motherfucking gettys
1: Janet, i am so happy to be here with you on this monday monday are always great video game news days the, the news might not be great but a lot of news to talk about so we're gonna, we're gonna have a great episode together very very excited to have you here with me
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be in good company among like another Nintendo stand who is also like constantly a little bit mad. Like your conversation on Pokemon Snap from like a million game casts ago, I was like, this is literally, this was my playthrough. This was literally my playthrough.
1: Yeah, it can get rough for us. But at the same time, we're the same people that if we had the means would spend $1.6 million to buy a sealed copy of Mario 64. So I don't know what that says about us (laughs) as people, but it's just facts at this point.
0: Absolutely. So with that being said, let's get into today's stories, which include Cyberpunk 2077 being the most downloaded game on PS4 last month. Kojima disagreeing with the Death Stranding director's cut name, the potential end of Lost Judgment series due to actor agency disputes and more. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash backslash slash kind of funny games uh, we can go ahead and catch the show live and you can correct us if you get stuff wrong by going to kind of slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching kind of funny games daily. And to be part of the show, head over to patreon.com/slash kind of funny games, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily O show. Some housekeeping for you. Uh thank you to our Patreon producer, Black Jack. And today we're brought to you by DoorDash, Full Sale, and Omen. But Blessing will tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report.
2: <laughs> it's time for some <laughs> news. We have six <laughs> stories today. Uh Baker's dozen.
1: Janet, you're hey. killing the game right now. I'm, I am loving this. I love that I just get to sit here in the co-host seat and just let you drive the train, the hype train, choo-choo, chew, chew. we're all the way going. Loving this. Loving the rhythm. Loving the flow. <laughs> Fuck yeah. What's story number one?
0: Hell yeah. The hype train on, on Twitch is chugging along, too. So shout out to that. The first story is... Cyberpunk 2077 being the most downloaded game on PS4. This comes over from Kotaku, which writes Cyberpunk 2077 leading the PS4 charts in both the US and Europe caught my attention. For one, the game returned to the PSN store on June 21st, meaning it achieved this number one spot in a short amount of time. Another point is that even after all the bugs, glitches and other problems, a lot of folks still want to play Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4 or on PS5, you know, because backwards compatibility. Uh, What makes this even wilder is that Sony themselves is warning folks not to buy Cyberpunk 2077 on PS4. You can find this notice on the game store page, which reads, Important notice, users continue to experience performance issues with this game. Purchase for use on PS4 systems is not recommended. So uh, my first question is, does this surprise you?
1: Um, I mean it does surprise me, but then when you think about it a little more and when there's the the facts there, it gets a little bit less surprising. This game is a huge game, it being not on the store for so long and then all of a sudden being there. I wonder if this counts people that have already bought it before and are just re-downloading and all that stuff. Like the the, the numbers are a little interesting to me where I'm like, I wonder what the facts are when it comes to to what counts as a download, what leads to getting on the PlayStation 4 charts. Right, especially when you have PS4 and PS5 both able to download uh, the same version of this game, um, or however that works with the way Sony does the the cross gen uh, game downloads. But uh, I do think it's unfortunate, especially with where PlayStation is right now. This is one of the wildest stories that have, we've ever covered on on anything, and kind of funny, honestly. And for it to be this ongoing shenanigans that still is just at a point where yo it doesn't even work right on ps4 it's like then don't put it on ps4 like i can't believe that this is even an option that somehow everyone just kind of like waited long enough for it to be okay it's like okay we 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 fixed the ps5 version we fixed the ps4 pro like level it above whatever it's like oh yeah the ps4 one eh, we still don't recommend it It's like well, if you don't recommend it don't even have it uh but this is just a sign that you know like There is a a ton of people out there that just don't care and and aren't tuned into all this stuff and are getting taken advantage of, honestly.
0: Yeah, and on that note, too, of like the, the idea of not being tuned in, I want to bring in a question from Jordan Lee Row, uh, Rowan, who writes in and says, Cyberpunk topped PlayStation stores downloads last month, which to me is yet another indication that the vast majority of gamers don't listen to shows like this or aren't as ingrained in the industry as news for people that are listening to, you know, this show, Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, does this just mean that if a game has a massive marketing budget, it's going to sell regardless of its in-game performance? want to take this one. Sure. Um, oh, gosh, this is a complicated question. I mean, I think there's a lot of things at play. Like, I love that you bring up the oh, who's re downloading it, you know, the backward compatibility situation, like all of that stuff. And then there's also like that layer of like morbid curiosity, I think, as well. Um, I, I know so many people that and, I, you know, certainly outlets do this, which granted, that is a the power of being an outlet and kind of getting that message out there and kind of hopefully saving consumers pain of having to try it out themselves. But the rush of like the ps4 version reviews of cyberpunk coming out was like unmatched like people were like clipping out things it is kind of snowballed into this big mess of you know looking at how many issues are really present with this game I mean I think there is a layer of, of just not knowing um and I feel that even just from like you know I'm a physical media person and just casually speaking like you know i'll go still to gamestop and everything and i remember being there like a little bit after cyberpunk came out and like someone asking about it and the 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 retail worker being like oh well it kind of has like some problems or like these you know and kind of like informing them on this thing that they only pseudo got information on so i do think a level of it is not knowing you know having that consumer knowledge that i think a lot of us are privy to because we're so tuned in
1: yeah totally i mean th- it is a fact that the people that are dialed into shows like this are definitely a minority in the gaming space, even though it feels like it can be a majority when you go on things like Reset Era or other just video game forums. There are because thousands of us. It, it, it feels like it's just like, oh, it's everybody. And then you start to have that kind of like groupthink mentality that the internet really kind of uh, allows and and fosters uh, a lot of those communities. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that it, has the, it can be a very bad thing, but it ha- can be an amazing thing. Uh, but with that, it's like, yeah, you kind of do then rely on the GameStop uh employees of the world to educate buyers but it's like is that their job? No, not really. It's like this is this is interesting uh for for this to all fall the way that it has like the the question here about does this mean that a game has if it has a market a massive marketing budget it's going to sell well regardless of the in-game performance? Not necessarily, but Yeah, that is kind of like the, the, the path to least resistance where a game with a, with a cool look that is easily marketable, like cyberpunk, uh, I think can, can definitely cruise by, but it's not just because the marketing's good. It's like, there's also just expectations. Like, it's not like cyberpunk came out of nowhere. It's from the people that made Witcher three, you know? So it's like, there, there is this idea of CD project red means something to people. Now that goes back to the conversation we were just having about how many people know. Or listen to shows like this. Then the question is, how many people know what CD Project Red is? You know, I feel like there are so few uh, developers and and publishers even that the the mainstream audience would would be able to latch onto and have an understanding of, oh, naughty dog. I know what naughty dog means and even then we're not talking about mainstream as in grandmas walking into gamestop which is always such a weird thing that this industry for some reason falls back on being the standard of like what about the grandma uh but i'm talking about people that are like semi-tuned in gamers that you know maybe learn about their video games during commercials on espn but guess what that's why they learned about god of war and last of us and these type of games that they're interested in the cyberpunks of the world like Few games have the level of budget to be able to push to that type of audience that way. And I think Cyberpunk is that perfect type of game that has all those things. So I wouldn't be surprised of, you know, it is now almost a year since the launch of this game. People are hearing about it and it's like, oh, shit, I've heard about this game for a long time. I'm going to check it out now that it's popping on my PlayStation, even if they don't know any of the, the bad stuff that's happened over the last year.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like there's another layer of this that sort of complicates things where it'd be one thing if this was just like, this is a bad game and it's broken and like don't play it because it's broken. But it's so much more nuanced than that when you get into the fact that like the game itself is, I would say at least good, in my opinion. Like I think if I'm taking like a critical lens to it, you know, and admittedly I didn't beat the game to completion, so I can't comment on that in its entirety. But most people were like, oh, this is a solid experience. Like in terms of the gameplay and a lot of the reviews that came out, which were, you know, all very much on pc for a very specific reason you know it's now it's that's now clear um you know it still has merit there i think so it's one of those weird things too where i think we are beyond the era of games being able to get away with being you know buggy broken messes like i think for a long time that was like bethesda's charming stick and then people were like this isn't charming anymore i'm just mad and they're like oh well this is well, This is a problem we've had for like a long time. So I do think we've kind of a little bit moved past that. Um, I guess one question I want to ask to you before we move on is, do you think we'll continue to see sales for this game like trend well and rise? And what do you think this means for like the sales of future uh, CDPR projects?
1: Uh, I was talking to Greg about the the future of CDPR projects like last week, I think on Games Daily, and it's just like, I don't think Cyberpunk's going to affect them at all. I, I just think it's too big of a machine and everything we're just talking about here it's like the people that are mad and are going to like boycott and be upset about it uh, it's such a small small part of the pie chart uh when it comes to to the expectations people have for video games let alone cd project red video games so i think that whatever they put out next is going to sell very very well and i, I don't think you'll be able to see any type of hit like hit where you're like oh well that was because of t- cyberpunk 2077 you know and uh sorry what was like- the other part of the question
0: like will um yeah just like what do you mean what it means for the next project which do you think they're gonna be totally like kind of unscathed from the situation I think there will yeah. be some type of repercussion and I'm not sure what that repercussion is yet um you know I think a lot of times like at least for me like navigating the space I'm so much more focused in on like the conversations and the criticism than like the sales numbers which admittedly sometimes can be like oh that sounds like a lot is it they're like no we're we're like falling under I'm like oh it sounded like a big number <laughs> you know it's kind of hard to I think contextualize some of that data um I feel like. If there's not a hit in the next game, there'll be one the one after that. I think if they don't kind of have a knock it out of the park hit, it's going to start to stave off because I do think the conversation will start to shift from, oh, this is such like a reputable studio, like they made The Witcher, et cetera, et cetera, to, oh, this is like the wash studio. And I think they totally are at risk of of falling into that um, if the next thing isn't a big deal. And I do think it's going to like I'm I'm so curious to see how coverage of whatever the next project's going to be, because so much of cyberpunk was this is the second coming of games like we had 3D and now we have cyberpunk. Like it was oh, really, yeah. Yeah. really deep. Like people were like, if they pull this off and, you know, granted, there was there was some couching, you know, from certain outlets of like, you know, if they pull this off and type type deal. But the energy was so high and guaranteed. I feel like even if the next one isn't, you know, markedly worse, there's going to be a heavier level of scrutiny. Now, again, that doesn't really translate to sales stuff. It's sort of a separate thing. But I do think that's kind of what we'll see play out.
1: Yeah. And and that you bring up fascinating points here about like, OK, is, like what is th- going to happen with the next project they have? And I think that sales wise, they're not going to be affected. I do think that in terms of articles and think pieces, like, oh, they, they, they're, they're going to have that forever. There's no getting around that. Like potentially a couple projects down the line, if they knock them out of the park, there will be the redemption arc uh storyline that the media is going to push. But besides that, right, we're just in such a shitty place with them right now that like it's similar to Bethesda, right? But it's like, or EA, like we, this stuff comes and goes where it's like these, these companies make a huge mistake, make a major fuck up, whatever it is, don't, hit expectations that they set. And with Cyberpunk, I don't think expectations have ever been higher. And they were they delivered so poorly that this game wasn't even on the PlayStation store until a couple of weeks ago. Like that is insane that that's a real thing that happened in this industry, right? But with that we look at ea they're kind of turning around a little bit we're looking at bethesda they're turning around the conversation about them is now entirely about exclusives and people fighting over them like two years ago it was all about uh, fallout 76 and how they'll they can't turn that around or whatever so it's like there's always the room to turn around but before that happens there's going to be a lot of negative conversations i don't think cd project red's going to get out of that anytime soon i don't think they're going to care because they're about to be making a lot of money on whatever they put out
0: yeah I definitely think that's that's probably a bit of the case too he has an interesting comparison too because I think they have such like a wide portfolio that like for every win there's like three like weird underlying misses or policies they have that are weird and people have just kind of accepted them as like the company you love to hate because you're still probably going to be you know rocking with them so I think it'll just be interesting to see how their what their identity stick ends up being you know as this all shakes out Mm -hmm. um but Let's move on to the Kojima drama. I am so excited to talk about this. And it's that Kojima says that Death Stranding Director's Cut to him, like he wouldn't have called it a director's cut, essentially. Uh, and I first saw this from, you know, a lot of outlets have been reporting on this, um, especially today, you know, having it come out over the weekend. Uh, but I personally saw it on WCCF Tech. So shout out to them. But let's jump to the actual thread and what Kojima tweeted out. So this was the statement said a director's cut in a movie is an additional edit to a shortened version that was either released reluctantly because the director did not have the right to edit it or because the running time had to be shortened follow-up tweet in the game it is not what was cut but what was additionally produced that was included directors plus question mark so in my opinion i don't like to call it a director's cut react
1: god bless you kojima directors plus question mark why the fuck not you know what i mean what do you want to call it? let's just make up some words put them all next to each other and just have some fun laleh luleh lo, lo. everybody uh i just love this and like greg and i were talking about how the director's cut branding is is weird just to start it's like especially when it comes to this game it's like okay People know Kojima. They understand he directs games. That makes sense. But it's like the director of Ghosts of Tsushima, a lot less known. So calling it the director's cut of that game is just kind of a weird call. But I I think it's just proof that they don't care. It's not about what it actually means. It's about what it makes people think and understand. And it's a branding thing. Where is it factually correct? No, it's not. But it is way more exciting than a Greatest Hits version or a Game of the Year edition, which I think that branding is just kind of like, went out to die over the last decade, where it's just been overdone, where that in itself was another version of stretching the truth. I would say, how many times are you at Best Buy? You pull up a copy of a game and it's plastered with shit. It's like game of the year. And you're like, who the fuck gave this game of the year? Like, Whose game
0: of the year? <laughs> is it? Yes, absolutely. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Mm, at least greatest hit there's you know it's like a reason to have like a random red case in your collection yeah. of blue cases exactly. uh, feelings on, feelings on definitive edition
1: i mean i think that's the thing is like we're just getting to a point where at least right now we're in a moment in 2021 for better or worse that director's cut means something and it's something that's exciting to fans and it like means you're getting more you're getting the full version of this thing that was being held back uh, that you didn't get. That's way more enticing than definitive edition or, mm-hmm. or any of these other things, just because I just feel like there's a meaning that we have given to director's cut because of the Snyder situation that right now they have this like iron that they can strike on uh, with, with the public's kind of emotions tor- towards those words. That's what marketing is. And it, And Greg has a theory that PlayStation is trying to turn director's cuts into its kind of, a brand that it has similar to greatest hits where it's like, we understand greatest hits means this game sold X amount. Now they're just trying to like essentially put it on sale and like, you know, get it to to more people. Whereas the director's cut is like, okay, how do we resell a game that we already sold people, but on the PS five instead of the PS four, because these suckers will buy it. You know what I mean? But how do we, how do we make them feel the, the least bad as possible about buying a game again?
0: This is like that that Simpsons episode where it's like, no, she's the same Malibu Stacy, but she has a new hat. <laughs> it's exactly that. And I, I also had this conversation with Greg on and um, in, in Blessing on PS I Love You where I feel like it's a little bit of a Trojan horse to like just charge you for an next general upgrade or for DLC that you wouldn't otherwise buy. My thing is, it so it, do you think well i mean the, the things haven't come out yet so we don't know the sales numbers and how and then it's hard to say would this have sold less if it was like definitive edition or game of the year or whatever but for me i am just gonna be honest like i'm just gonna be honest about where i'm at i'm not gonna front something about it being director's cut does make it more appealing i don't know what it, i think it's because it tricks me into thinking it's not just dlc but even like me who i i notoriously don't vibe with DLC I just don't I'm like you know what once the credits roll I roll I'm out
2: you got I finished it if you're
0: lucky I finished it because most people don't even finish games maybe I finished it that's it that once was enough no other that's it you had your time did the assignment you turned it in you can't come back and like run it back like you can run it back forever you want like I ain't gonna be there but I'm like, oh, the definitive edition though, which is just like another game I'm gonna buy and not play, or like the director's cut edition rather. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it's working so far, at least from like buzz. I feel like it's no longer. Oh, is this DLC worth it? It's like, oh, we're getting the director's cut. I wonder what's inside. It's, I think it has like a level of like mystery to it. I don't know. Does mm-hmm. it? Does it entice you at all? Are you falling for it? Oh not yeah, falling totally. For it.
1: Yo, I mean, it's semantics and and you're totally nailing it. It's just like there's this public zeitgeist right now around director's cut. And I saw somebody in the chat saying that like there were director's cuts way before the Snyder cut. That is true, but they never had the same type of weight. There was a a weight given to the Snyder cut of the release, the Snyder cut as if it's this like mystical, magical thing that's going to fix all the problems of uh, what we all experienced with the original Justice League. And so it's like when that came out, it's like that was a moment. And granted, that moment is still a lot ended up not being as big as uh, it, it might have seemed numbers wise, but the conversation before getting there was that big and you couldn't go into it without hearing about all this shit. I think that this is just Sony really wisely kind of playing off of that. It's not necessarily about the Snyder cut, but it's about the zeitgeist that I think began because of the buzz of these words being used. Like that's just kind of human nature is that when, when words come up, everybody's like when new slang starts, right? One person starts using it. Two people start using it. One week later, everybody's saying it. You know what I mean? And just like adding their own twist or whatever. That's what's happening here. It's just there's an understanding of director's cut that means this is the thing that you need to play because it is the right version. Like that's the thing is it's not so much just a new version, it's the right version. This is the version that they wanted you to see in the beginning. It's what
0: it was meant to be. It's yeah. it's unlocking the full potential of the exactly. SSD the SSD processor. Do you think, um, since Sony's kind of leading the way with like this director's cut discourse or like director's cut skews, which it is interesting having like two so close to each other as well, do you think we'll see other companies do a director's cut? Or is that biting Sony's style?
1: I mean, I don't think it's buying their style. I don't think Sony really would care. But like I was saying, Greg's theory is that they're going to keep doing this. And so it's like the thing that's holding him back is he wants to see a third one. Like if we uh-huh. see a Bloodborne director's cut, like that's when it's going to be like, okay, this is clearly a line that, that PlayStation are trying to to build with their PlayStation studios and, and partner uh, projects. But um, I'm not so convinced that that's the case. I think that right now it does. It could just be a coincidence. Uh, that we, we've gotten Death Stranding and Ghost uh, with this uh, naming structure, but uh, I don't know, but I'm excited about it. I like this. I like the games coming out with the physical uh, definitive edition that's called something different. I don't care what it's called as long as it is what it is, um, but I do think that we are... These aren't that long for this world. Like, there aren't that... This reminds me a lot of the Wii U to Switch thing where it's like, yeah, sure, it's taken five years, but we're finally at the point that... We do, we've ran out of Wii U games to port to the Switch. You know what I mean? Like there's like two or three left. And I I, I don't think I'm sorry everybody. I don't Wind think Waker. we're gonna get I don't think we're gonna get NES remix. I just I just don't think it's gonna happen. Uh but the Wind Waker. When when you look at uh, yeah, we will get Wind Waker though. You know, I inevitably. Like Thomas I do me. think that's that's I promise you, Janet. I promise you it will happen. Uh but when we look at the, the PlayStation side of things, it's like we're already catching up. Like we already have Spider-Man, we already have like Patches and stuff for things like God of War. It's like we're just running out of that that end of PS4 life going into PS5 life type games that would need these things. So we'll see how long and relevant this conversation is even gonna be because I think a year from now there won't be any more of these.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I think that's an interesting point of just this is PlayStation's way of playing catch up in a way that's more marketable. Uh, I do think it's funny for them to take the director's cut angle because they're so known for, you know, obviously a lot of their games are like action adventure, so it's like it's just narrative based, but they're very like, you know, cinematic of a studio. So it's like for them to lean to the director's cut thing is amusing. Um, and I'm kind of in a weird way. I'm surprised that Kojima was like, nah, this isn't really what I would call it because he loves film so much. Maybe his love of film. He's like, I can't let people think that I'm like head ass. Like, I don't know if he was trying to like, it, you know, when you're well, maybe, maybe I don't know if you know this because, you know, working here, but like, when a job or a team or whatever that you rock with is doing something you don't rock with, you're like, you know what? I'm going to try to distance myself. I just don't, don't, don't want me in here even though I'm involved. Like I was sort of surprised that he even said anything at all. Um, I mean, I'm sure he feels comfortable that no one's going to care that he said anything, but. And yeah, so he just be he
1: wants, yeah, totally. And I mean, like, I just— lo- but Directors even he plus, is I doing something
0: it. at his job that he did. He's like, you know what? I don't agree with my job, but like, it is the gig. Like, we all yeah. we all do things that our bosses wanted to do that we didn't. Like, totally. it's it's definitely a vibe. Um, but yeah, I was surprised by this. Um, yeah, we'll see how things develop. I mean, I think certainly we've tried to see new terms emerge. I think new terms can be useful for describing new phenomenon in games. Like, even though I do think Capcom was sort of ridiculous with their, it's not a remake, it's a reimagining. They were kind of right, but like we all still called it remake and that didn't really catch on. But then now we've kind of just decided that there's good remakes and whack remakes and a good one is more of like Resident Evil 2 and a whack one is just like a shot for shot, slightly more polished situation. Like we sort of decided to raise the standard for what a remake is. So yeah, I mean, mean, Director's Cut could be Could be a useful term. I don't think it currently is. uh, And it'll be an interesting era to maybe look back on and be like, remember when all these games had director's cuts, but they weren't really they were just DLC, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, speaking of seeing how things go, Lost Judgment may be the final game in the series due to actor agency disputes. Uh, for this, I'm pulling from FanBite, which cites Video Game Chronicles translation of a Japanese outlet called uh, Nikon Taishu. So shout out to those publications. So I'm going to go ahead and read again from that Fanbyte article and apologies for any pronunciations that are a little bit botched. Uh, Ryu Ga Gotoku Studio announced Lost Judgment back in May, uh, the sequel to the Yakuza spinoff, Judgment, from 2019. And it turns out the second game in the series might be the last, according to a new report from the outlet I just named. Uh, This apparent reason for this is cited as a dispute between publisher Sega and talent agency Johnny and Associates, which represents actor Takuya Kimura, who is both the voice and face of the main character, uh, Takayuki yagami the report from uh, nikon says that the agency has been blocking pc ports of judgment and lost judgment which has Sega reconsidering the viability of the spin-off as a long-term investment the reasoning wasn't plainly stated but the outlet suggests that johnny and associates has strict control over kimura's likeness and that it has the power to shut down any pc version based on the fact that uh Toyuki is modeled after that actor Uh, While it's unclear uh, what the agency is trying to prevent, since PC versions of the game are more easily modded than they are on console, Johnny Associates might be doing this in the interest of preserving Kimura's modesty. Uh, CDPR found itself in a similar situation when players began modding copies of Cyberpunk to let them have sex with Keanu Reeves' character, Johnny Silverhand. This eventually led to the studio having the mod taken down because it was, quote, harmful to Reeves. Uh, Similar issues have come up in games like Beyond Two Souls, which included a nude model of actor Elliot Page without his knowledge. Resulting in the actor looking into legal action against Sony and the developer Quantic Dream. Uh, and it is worth noting that, too, the Judgment series, again, is going to continue that signature action style. And Yakuza will be more turn-based going forward. So I think one thing this brings up for me is how this might impact those kind of working as a unit in terms of gameplay mechanics as well. Like if Judgment were to go away, we would just we wouldn't have like that signature action. Uh, what's your read on the situation?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. This has happened. uh f- since the dawn of time when it came to celebrity actors being in video games, I remember there was a lot of issues back in the day with, uh, the Animusha series because of the, the actor's likeness, uh, for that. And, uh, the, the complications that all the licensing like starts there of like why we don't see certain games ported or on the, the digital storefronts at this point, even though they, they feel like they would be obvious hits in the same way that a lot of the PS2 era games had licensed soundtracks. So it's harder to get things like SSX tricky or, or whatever on, uh, or to the Tony Hawk games like you're not really going to see collections of those unless they go back and relicense everything. And so that's kind of a a problem for things like this, especially for games that um are so heavily character based, right? Like you I haven't seen any promotional image of Judgment that doesn't feature his face prominently everywhere, right? Like his likeness is part of the DNA of what this game is. This is a lot of weird reasonings. Uh, the explanation here does make sense about like what they might be concerned about. Uh, but yeah, and not wanting it on PC just seems like a weird type of limitation that uh, this, this whole story reads to me like some behind the scenes conversations just need to, to happen to like smooth it all open and make this a non-issue. But they, those conversations might not happen. And then this, this is just going to end up being a, a huge issue for a lot of people involved and might end up with, a, a whole new game series or re- rebranding or, or spinoff of, of what judgment actually is the soul of it. If they can't get all that stuff figured out, because there's a lot of money to be made, being able to put the game wherever you want.
0: Do you think it's possible that they would just change out like the actor like just change? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, we've seen too, you know, we, we already know from like the Spider-Man discourse of like, which that was a change made because of like technological reasons, not like legal reasons or anything like that. But, you know, we've seen people sort of have like a negative reaction to like when characters change and it is kind of awkward. But at the same time, like if it's that or the series going away, like I imagine they would want to continue it again. I don't know if there's any deals in place that would stop that from happening. Like, I'm not really sure what the agreements were
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, I I think that uh, even though they could, and like games have done that a whole bunch, like I can't think of any examples off the top of my my head, but like, we've seen recasting so many times, but uh, I do think that there's, there would probably, when when you start dealing with celebrities of this ilk, there are so many deals in place and so many like uh, bullet points and, and things of if this, then that, blah, blah, blah. And like, I imagine that it's not as easy as them just being like, well, because you won't allow your likeness in a PC game, then... We're just gonna get rid of you and use someone else. Like they must be protected around things like that. Like that's that sounds like some real basic shit to to figure out in your contract. But uh, but also you'd be surprised. And video games are still somehow in their infancy when it comes to to things like this. And using actors in games is still only a decade and a half old, right? Like this is still, we're not quite in the wild west, but uh, it is still early. And I think that we are still gonna be seeing ramifications of decisions being made that aren't fully fleshed out.
0: Yeah. Do you think on that note too, like with the, especially cause I think in the last couple of years, it's been a really high like surgence of using real life actors as character models and having them in games. Do you think that trade off is worth it? Or are we are, are we better off not having, you know, those stars for reasons like this?
1: I think we're better off figuring it out, you know, and I, I think that it's going to take like missteps to in order to get there, just like anything in life, right? But I, I do think that we we can't look at the the failed examples of 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 actors, real actors, quote unquote, uh, being in games and it like not living up to expectation because in theory, that could be really awesome. And we have seen it be really awesome. And I think that we're kind of we've been engendering a uh, community of video game actors that have kind of risen up and are now things that we look forward to in video games. And like you know, I know at this point it's a it's a joke to talk about Laura Bailey and Troy Baker and Nolan North, but like they are ridiculous talents, and you know it it is awesome to see people like them push the medium of video games forward to then get the attention of other like actors to come in. And I do think that there's eventually going to be this middle ground where there's a lot more opportunity for a lot more different types of people to be characters in video games as we kind of push forward with like the ashley birches of the world right like she wasn't in games she was just just like us someone that just talked about video games and and had fun and made internet videos and then now she is aloy and if not so many other characters in video games and it's just like i like that i think that doesn't happen if you don't take these type of risks even if they don't feel like a risk to the consumers
0: yeah i think too like you know in We'd have to probably dig further into the legality of the situation of like Johnny and Associates and how like good they are of like a of a company and like, uh, you know, an agency, because I don't really know anything about that agency specifically other than literally today when I read this story, like I wasn't, you know, in tune with that. So I can not speak to their larger practices or how they are with their uh, talent. But I do think it's it seems like it's coming from a good place, at least wanting to have those protections in place, because, you know, we all have like there are doofy mods and and sexual mods and all these things but i think there is a big ethical issue when it does involve real people and that is something that should be taken into account so you know assuming kind of like on the the better angle of things like i'm glad that that's at least like a protection or or an idea or that they're thinking of how to move forward with that now granted you could argue well they just don't want to get sued and it's not like from you know a nice warm fuzzy place but I, i think that is an important thing uh and that we need to be respectful of like people because they're actual people that happen to be video game characters, but they're not, you know, these are these are real lives. And, and that matters, I think, um, but jumping on to a very different form of drama we got an update on the abandoned app the whole like app trailer situation that's finally dropping a tweet was put out that says we're excited to announce that the abandoned trailers app will be available to preload free of charge for all ps5 users on july 29th with the introduction available on august 10th followed by the first trailer later in august so Kind of a, a lot to keep track of there. And it's a little bit of a slow roll. Uh, my big question with this is, do you think that we really will get that first trailer in late August that it'll go off without a hitch because we already had the one delay? And then do you think this will finally be what moves it away from the Kojima Silent Hill conspiracy theories and onto just being like a regular, just a game, just a regular game?
1: In the chat, we got Night Polo 96. The, oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, we got X-Tour Bomb saying Tim hates this story. And God, you're so right i hate this story i want this to be over uh to answer your question do i think it'll go uh, off without a hitch no no i don't (laughs) i don't think anything about this has went off without a hitch i think there's been so many issues with this this is just a frustrating story from every perspective like there's no joy to be had here for me at least i hope that someone out there is like really (laughs) really stoked about abandon and really stoked about the trailers app this is such nonsense that at some point like you got to just be like you got. They, I understand that there are a lot of different people that we need to have some empathy for in this situation because you know, we don't have the facts, but if we take the facts that we, we do have and you start going down the paths of the hypothetical uh, forks in the road that this might lead to, there's a lot of people upset no matter what path you go down, right? I just think that at this point, this whole thing has been so convoluted and, and messed up that there just shouldn't be a trailers app. Drop the fucking trailer. And let people have the conversation that way. Why is there an app for the trailers? And maybe, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason why but is there an app for these games? Th- th- this is such a Kojima asked type thing to do. And 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 or even if it's not a Kojima thing to do, it seems like it's a Kojima to do. It seems like what somebody thinks a Kojima thing to do would be to have an app that doesn't come out when it's supposed to come out and there's countdowns and there's this and that. But now it is gonna come out, and then there's a trailer, and then the introductions available on August 10th. What the fuck does that statement even mean? All PS5 users on July 29th will get the trailers app and then the introductions available on August 10th followed by the first trailer in August. What is happening? Why is this happening this way? Like they are being convoluted by choice. So at some point, it's like while I still definitely feel like nobody should ever be mean to these developers, leave them alone. Like no matter what, don't be mean to people, period. Having said that, what the (laughs) fuck are they doing? They're asking for this shit and don't, don't ask for it. Like just, you don't need to do this.
0: I'm here for Angry Tim. Like I was hoping Angry Tim would be unlocked in this episode. Like I did not put this in here specifically to piss you off, but it is amusing to see. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, someone in chat mentioned they want attention. Yeah, and they're, and they're getting it. And even me mentioning this is a form of that. So I, totally. I admit that I am part of the problem, and I'm ready to be part of the problem today on this episode. Um, but I, I do think that this is turning into at least just an intriguing story. I mean. Yeah, I wish it wasn't like this, but also it is like this. And then also, I don't know. Like, should I should, should it not be mentioned because it's so? Fast. Like, I, there's a lot of elements of the game industry that are just a little bit ridiculous and and marketing stunty and you know done for whatever reason. And I do think that you know they have one in getting attention. But the unfortunate thing is, I don't think they want one. They don't. I don't think they have the conspiracy theory thing. Like, I don't think it's going to be a Kojima Silent Hill thing. So that will bum people out, even though it's. Not anything like that's not going to be a thing, but people will still be disappointed. And then, too, admittedly, I don't, you know, I and mean, we only saw like a teaser, but like I was not like blown away like what I saw from this game, like the very small snippets. So, I'm I was kind of surprised when like it even started to pick up steam and then everything just kind of rolled away with it and then they leaned into it and then they tried to lean back from it. And now they have, yeah, I agree that the trailers app thing is pretty ridiculous. Um, at the same time. You know, I, I actually I don't even know if I'll download this because it'll probably just be up ripped to YouTube afterward. I imagine like they're not gonna just leave app. it there. They're not gonna just can leave get it your there.
1: Introduction, whatever the hell that means. Like, it's like maybe it's like fonts. It's my like,
0: prediction. It's gonna be font yeah. of the name. Yeah. God.
1: God, I don't, it's just so, you need to own your marketing. Like you were talking about like, this is just like a marketing stunt. And like, I love marketing stunts when they're done right. This is an example of it not being done right. Having said that, it's working because we're talking about it to some extent. But how many people are like me that at this point were just angry about it? Where it's like, I just want this to be over. I'm not actually invested in in this story anymore. It's like, uh, especially because at the end of the day, the premise and promise of it being a Kojima project is way more exciting than it not being that so inevitably when this ends that it's not that then it's like all right cool well you have our attention but it it kind of feels like clickbait right like the worst form of clickbait where you're making us think it's one thing that we all actually want and then we get it and it's not that thing that is a bad type of 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 interaction with communities specifically gaming communities because gaming communities they don't take that shit lightly they get angry about it
0: yes All like that. well i hope that we at least get something more concrete and can start moving away from like the pseudo mysterious marketing um and that you know things deliver less hate in your heart because you know as much as as amusing as this is i do hate to see you like this <laughs> and it is totally yeah, no, it's
1: avoidable like, it's like this this to me is uh and i promise i'm not going to go off on too large of a tangent here but it's like you need to have Expectations and you need to earn the right to have marketing hype moments that are like this or else it kind of falls flat and causes more trouble than it's worth. And I think a perfect example of it is last week we put out the the announcement trailer for our new studio. Mm -hmm. and i edited that and i chose to use the song coming home by diddy and skylar gray now that is a choice because i don't think there could have been a cornier song chosen for what we were trying to show off the thing is i knew that we had earned it i knew that it was going to make people feel something because they understand what this means of us leaving our old studio and going to a new one and it is this moment that yes it's corny but we're family we're all here together and it all adds up to me It's the opposite of this bait and switch type thing. People are coming in and they're going to be like, damn, this is corny, but I'm tearing up right now. It's fucking working because we have earned that moment Mm -hmm. in marketing. If you want to call it that, because that's what it is at the end of the day is marketing a brand. And it's like, that just shows we care about this stuff that we've some somehow could do the corniest thing imaginable. And it then turns hype for people. Cool. This is the opposite. This is okay, cool. We're. They haven't earned the right to compare themselves to Kojima. Because <laughs> if you do that, that's where expectations are. Yep. And then here we are now with a bunch of different dates that the question is, will they even hit these dates? <laughs> will it we is see pretty it a rough when it's like,
0: this is like the idea of a trailer being delayed is so not unfortunately novel because it's like didn't you just like I understand with like games being delayed because you know there's a lot of moving parts and you do have to get the marketing out ahead and early and the, all this other stuff but it's like can't you just don't you know if you have is it an adobe premiere like is it an after cut like don't you know if it is there and ready to upload yeah it, it really has gotten ridiculous but hopefully um you know things can simmer down and we can just take this game for whatever it is. And if we're lucky, the game will be good because that's always the best case scenario. So we'll see if that goes on Um, before we move on to hopefully less infuriating news. Let's hear from our sponsors.
2: This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered in under an hour. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle and Cheesecake Factory. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES 2021. For our Canadian listeners, use code GAMESCA. That's 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES 2021. In the U.S., and GamesCA in Canada. Don't forget that's code GAMES2021 or GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. We're also brought to you by Full Sail University. We know that you love video games, but have you ever considered making them? If so, then I wanna tell you about Full Sail University, which offers a variety of gaming degree programs on campus and online that can teach you the tools, technology, and workflow used by today's gaming studios. You can learn level design, programming, character modeling, production, and more. Graduates from Full Sail have worked on awesome games like Grand Theft Auto V, the Call of Duty series, Rocket League, and many more. Full Sail has degrees available in game development, game design, and game art, as well as many other degrees in entertainment and media. To learn more about Full Sail's programs, as well as potential scholarship opportunities, visit fullsail.edu slash funnygames. That's fullsale.edu slash funnygames. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Omen Oasis. Sick of all the randos sliding into your team chat whenever you and your friends are grouped up in your favorite games? I know I am. I play Knockout City a lot. Then you need your own private oasis, your own paradise in the let's admit it, Wasteland that can be online gaming. Oasis is a free and easy-to-use add-on for Omen Gaming Hub that creates a virtual room for you and up to 15 of your friends for private gaming and watch parties. But Oasis isn't just any virtual room. With low latency, 720p, 30fps screen sharing, and seamless audio quality, you can quit worrying about technical difficulties, stop arguing over who has the worst internet connection, and get to playing. Play together, watch together, chat together, share together, all with Oasis by Omen. Go to bit.ly slash to download Oasis on the Omen Gaming Hub and try out the beta now.
0: All right, let's continue with a franchise that's near and dear to my heart. FIFA, wait, actually is it 20 Is it 2022? It is FIFA 2022, oh, yeah. right? Now I'm tripping out on it because it's like the year is always like a little bit off from like what uh-huh. you think it would be FIFA 2022 info revealed, including the release date, the cover improvements and some key policy changes that may or may not make some people mad, even though I just said we'd go away from things that make people mad. But let's uh, get down the info of what we do know about this game so far. It is coming out on October 1st for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X/S, PC uh, and Google Stadia. So the classic everything but switch uh, pretty much. The uh, cover star is Paris Saint Germain's Striker Mbappe again, making him one of the few people to earn back to back cover status alongside legends like Messi and Ronaldo. It features next gen hypermotion technology that's meant to bring football's most realistic and impressive gameplay experience to life in every match and across every mode on next gen consoles and stadia. So you might be asking yourself, okay, what is hypermotion? Here are the details that we know. Uh, powered by Hypermotion, FIFA 22 combines advanced 11v11 match capture and proprietary machine learning technology to deliver the most realistic, fluid and responsive football experience Again, to next-gen consoles, unlocking, you know, raw motion and passion, the physicality of the sport. Uh, but basically what she, the kind of, I think, buzz statement here is that it's the first ever motion capture of 22 professional football players playing at high intensity. Additionally, EA's proprietary high intensity, the highest of intensity. Uh, And if you played FIFA with me or anyone, you know that that's pretty high, even though I don't know how to make my free kicks. But additionally, EA's proprietary machine learning algorithm uh, learns more than 8.7 million frames of advance uh match capture then writes new animations in real time to create organic football movement across a variety of interactions on the pitch whether it's a shot pass or cross hyper motion transforms how players move on and off the ball so that's kind of just the the quick facts about it I'm sure we'll hear more details about the changes to like ultimate team or like Volta or all that uh, you know as the the weeks go on but here's the drama piece of it uh and this was highlighted by a couple different outlets uh most notably GameIndustry.biz and Eurogamer respectively so here's the drama part, uh, EA has made changes to its dual entitlement program, limiting free next-gen upgrades for FIFA 2022 uh and Madden NFL 22 to players who purchase the special editions. Dual entitlement is the publisher's initiative that allows customers who purchase the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game um, to access the next gen upgrades at no cost. It was introduced last year with last year's titles uh and returns for their 22 counterparts, but it is limited to those specific additions and then the other beef that was covered is that fifa 2022 uh, on PC will be the last gen version of the game. So, you know, I mentioned like the hyper motion tech and all that, like all of those bragging points. That's not going to be on PC, which might sound kind of, uh, you know, crazy because PC uh. has the most powerful hardware there is. But uh, last year was like that too. And when asked about it last year, uh, EA basically said they want to keep the minimum specs low just so that the most people on PC can play. So it's like if you don't have a super souped up machine. But uh, Tim, you're reading on this in terms of the and, you know, dual entitlement being taken away. I feel like it's not too surprising because it's EA, but yeah. what's your read on that situation?
1: Dual entitlement is what they're calling it. All right. That's a, that is a choice. Um, I mean, look, this is not surprising at all. Like, I feel like there is, a, EA is a tale of multiple companies. I don't even want to say two at this point, where I do think that uh, when you look at things like Respawn and uh, a lot of their EA Originals initiatives and stuff, like they have been on a positive kind of walk forward as a company like even looking at at Bioware like sure all they did was go back to Mass Effect 1 2 and 3 and re-release them so it's cheating a little bit but hey at least they did it all these rumored dead space things that's exciting like there's a lot of positive stuff going on in ea land again especially with the respawn side of things uh but then on the sports side it's kind of just like business as usual and we're stuck in this weird moment between the different generations so we're going to keep getting weird stories like this and uh i think it's it's really really kind of disappointing that we are a year on from the launch of these consoles and they're still puzzling choices being made like only the special editions getting this dual entitlement and the pc version being last gen it's like a lot of stuff just makes you ask why and i feel like that shouldn't be the case for things that seem like slam dunk easy answers of of course the pc version's the next gen version because why the fuck wouldn't it be
0: yeah i feel like there should at least be the option to buy like the next gen version on pc like i understand wanting to keep it accessible for people and you know i'm someone that does, actually does have a really powerful pc and there are programs that like i'll use and then i'll recommend them and people are like i can't do that because i don't have the power of like from my machine and i'm like oh never mind like you know and that is the the pro and con of being able to have something so customizable but yeah that that's pretty unfortunate and i you know again not surprised by the lack of dual entitlement but am disappointed especially because consoles are so like next gen consoles are still like somewhat difficult to get especially the ps5 and it's just like It feels like you could have just not been petty, but you chose to be. Which is just like, Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, I have a running joke that FIFA is my game of the year every year. I love FIFA. I play a bunch of FIFA love to hate fifa because i'm competitive and when i lose i get very salty i play matches with my brother like really regularly we just finished our france tournament yesterday spoilers i lost the french tournament but Aww. i did win two of the last three games but i won the games that didn't matter because i had already lost the tournament so y'all
2: Damn.
0: y'all know how it goes if you know you know but i am excited about uh, the hypermotion tech mostly because you, if you follow fifa or any of these sports games especially like the ones you know ea puts out because they're the ones i'm most familiar with the changes like on a if you're like a, a basic player like me where you you just play for fun you're not going into the nuance of ultimate team like i play fifa every year but i don't think like a formal fifa review from me would be super insightful because i don't know like these intense nuances that like real experts know about the game but i love the franchise it there are years where it's like well i mean there's new stuff but like it doesn't feel like a big jump and I'm optimistic that this will feel like a notable jump that when I, you know, queue up FIFA 22, I'm going to be like, oh, this is this is next gen FIFA, which is sort of the promise of this. So that's what I'm excited about. Uh, we'll see what other improvements get made uh, as they continue with things. And, you know, I have a next gen console, so I'll have the hyper motion, but it sucks if you don't and that you'd have to kind of make that decision. Um, speaking of things we don't have, Uh, a sealed copy of Super mario 64 just sold at an auction for 1.5 mil this came over from kotaku uh it it's now the highest selling like video game thing to go off at an auction uh i think the last one that it just beat out was a few days ago with the legend of zelda that sold for like 870 uh k it was auctioned off through a popular auction house uh heritage auctions which gave it a 9.8 rating on the uh scale which is just kind of like you know speaks to the condition of it so close to perfect condition and the description of this item was well we're a bit speechless on this one what can we say that would do this copy the justice it deserves the cultural significance of this title the importance um, of it to the history of games is paramount and the condition of this copy is just so breathtaking that we're really at a loss here if you have had your heart set on obtaining the highest graded copy of the single best-selling video game on the n64 you heard it there first fix all your lists if they don't have mario 64 the top the first 3d adventure of nintendo's mascot mario we only have one piece of advice this is not an opportunity to waste and the person who dropped 1.5 mil did not waste that opportunity tim is this worth 1.5 million would oh, you
1: pay 1.5 million for 64 no, not a chance is 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 it worth it absolutely it's one of the greatest video games of all time this is not like uh, the,
0: the one point so a six million dollar copy
1: yeah exactly see i like what you're holding right there that looks like a nice solid maybe 120 you know 100 yes. 120 dollars
0: <laughs> i think it was uh, like i one maybe like 80 or 60. It's, it has the manual it has the manual so there we there's go that.
1: there we go i love that you have a box copy though that is that is fantastic Um uh, but yeah this is crazy i don't really understand why it would happen but i i'm not shocked right now because of uh the kind of craze of collecting physical things recently like when it when we're popping off with all the pokemon cards and the the first edition charizard selling for like ridiculous numbers like i'm not surprised that it's starting to that craze is is going to bleed over into actual physical game collection as well um it's crazy how these type of collecting things can work like i remember back in the 90s like the beanie baby days right and like the the pokemon card craze when it first started it was just like oh these are going to be worth something one day it's like you tell yourself but it's like no they're not and it's like well our generation kind of forced that into reality it's the case so uh while that's unfortunate for prior collectors of video games i think that this is uh going to be a sign of world to come in the next couple years where it's just going to keep continuing to be ridiculous and soon we're going to see copies of paperboy going for i don't know at least at least a hundred dollars
0: yeah i think too as we move away from like a physical media world i feel like this becomes like a little bit more enticing um but yeah this is my very non million dollar copy that has a pre-owned sticker from the used game store. I got it from. Um, But I mean, you know, ever since uh, Nintendo pulled, uh, you know, Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection, you don't really have a lot of choices to play this game other than to drop, um, you know, over a million dollars on it. So that is just how it goes. (laughs) Um, But owning a one point five million dollar copy of Super Mario 64 is so far away. If I want to know what is coming to mom and grab shops today, where would I look?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host, each and every weekday. Yeah, I love that you just wrote yeah. down silly jingle time.
2: Yep, I had
0: to write it so, like, behind the scenes glance. I ha- I always have forgotten to do the jingle. I think the first time I got away with it because I did something that seemed like my version, but it really was just me being weird um so then i'm like oh yeah i forgot about it so then i like i looked into it yesterday i'm like hey this is where it goes and then i'm like i'm gonna put a note because if it's not if it's not explicitly written out i will not remember it so silly jingle time i should have just read it you ever have like those it's like stage notes looks at him angrily oh yeah
1: 100 <laughs> percent.
0: reacts mad um <laughs> but out today uh we got fates of ort on switch and cabin fever for pc and mac for some new dates we have uh met metalloid I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Metalloid. Metalloid. Sure. Uh, just lean into it as being definitely the correct pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Origins hits PS4 on July 13th. Uh, for some deals of the day, I do want to highlight periodic reminder that we are entering almost the last week, the last week and some change for the PlayStation's Planet of the Discounts, which doesn't sound enough like Planet of the Apes to me or or Planet of the Apps, so I don't really know why they went with that naming, but it has over 400 titles on sale, up to 75% off, and then a shot to Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remaster, which is... Thirty-four point nine nine on the U.S. eShop right now. As far as your wrongs, I think we did pretty good. I'm hitting that refresh real quick. We do have some contextualization, your wrongs, which are like debatable. Your wrongs from uh, the nanobiologist who mentioned uh, Borderlands did get a director's cut. Uh, I'm not really sure if anyone can just quickly confirm that. And then also just some uh, some addressing of the abandoned stuff. The reason for the like. App and all of that uh is apparently according to nanobiologists that the real time the trailer is like a real time trailer that's like running off of the PS5 so like they're trying to lean into I guess the fidelity of that and to show that off and, uh, and then it got delayed for similar reasons because it's essentially a non-player demo so that, that would
1: be yeah. why I mean that's pretty cool like if it, if it has things like haptic feedback and the the three the Tempest cool. Tempest audio and all the stuff that uh PlayStation's pushing so it's like okay that that gives a reason for for there being an app so I will yeah. temper temper my reaction now. Now I, now I want it to look
0: really good. So now it's just either way, it's going to be a little bit of a mess. Uh, But thank you so much for those uh corrections slash contextualizations. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are for Tuesday. We got Greg and Gary for Wednesday. We have blessing and Andy for Thursday. We have Greg and Tim at a special time noon Pacific. And then Friday we have Greg and blessing. Uh, and if you're watching live on Twitch, uh, what do y'all got coming up for the rest of the day?
1: Uh... That's a fantastic question. Um, <laughs> let me look at the calendar real quick. It's we'll a Monday nice It stream. could
0: it could be anything. Mike, Mike oh and
1: Nick It's Mike and plane. Nick. Police story. Go. Police, Police story. Stories. Nice. Yeah. So they're having fun. Okay. they are gonna do some stuff. But Janet and I are about to go do the post show for the patreon.com slash kind of funny games people.
0: Yep, Ooh. who are at the silver membership and above. Uh, and until next time, it has been our pleasure to serve you.